your internal marketing team, I almost guarantee you if they are doing the right things and they're talking to sales and they've been doing this job for at least maybe one to two years, they're going to have ideas and they just are looking for the opportunity to execute on them. That's what I would say. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. This episode is brought to you by Workstep, a software provider that helps companies hire and retain their frontline workforce across the supply chain. Visit workstep.com to learn more. Internal marketing employee or marketing agency, entry-level hire or seasoned marketer, broad range of skill sets, or deep specialist in a few core skills. Report to the VP of sales or report to the CEO. These are all questions that any manufacturing leader will need to answer for themselves before building a marketing team, or even before making that first marketing hire. And with any of these questions, there's no default right or wrong answer. My guest today will break down all of this from her unique background as an industrial marketer who has worked both inside an industrial company and inside a marketing agency. Let me introduce her. Mary Keough is a marketing specialist who joined Gorilla76 after helping lead a water tech manufacturer earn leads by repositioning the B2B customer at the front of their strategy. Her relevant work experience has enabled her to design marketing plans that circumvent problems faster and exceed measurable expectations. In a digital world, Mary's proven approach helps industrial and manufacturing businesses stay ahead. When Mary isn't executing content strategies that convey products and services in a concise way, she's hitting new personal records in her garage gym. To unplug, Mary takes to the outdoors alongside her two boys and her only girl. You might also find her at a local wine tasting, but only if they serve red. Mary and her husband like to volunteer at DuPage Pads, a resource shelter that's combating homelessness in their area for nearly 40 years. And before launching her career and starting her beautiful family, Mary graduated magna cum laude from Northern Illinois University with a degree in English. Mary, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Joe. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, awesome to have uh, one of our own teammates on from time to time. And um, you were you were overdue here, so I'm glad we got you uh, up on stage. So Mary, you wrote a great post on LinkedIn recently that sort of spurred this conversation. And your post referenced an open marketing specialist position that you've kind of stumbled across at a manufacturing organization. Based on the emojis that you used in your post, that job clearly made that job description clearly made your head explode a little bit. And um, so tell us about what you saw there in that job posting and frankly, what your beef was with it. Yeah, I would love to. So it was actually part of my research for this conversation. I was like, hey, you know, what can I talk about with Joe that like hasn't really been talked about? 
and that manufacturing executives are actually going to care about, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the big ones and a conversation we have a lot is why is marketing important? What should I be doing? I don't know what to look for. So I thought the perfect place to start is who they're already looking for now, right? So just went to indeed.com, looked up marketing specialist, made sure the filter category was like industrial or manufacturing. And this was kind of a common thread within all of these marketing specialist positions. Okay. So our ideal candidate will develop, implement, and track marketing programs such as email, social media, digital campaigns, and or events. So I'm going to stop right there because that's the first bullet point among, let's see, we have about, about 10 here. And um, this is a person who would be good at email marketing, social media marketing, digital campaigns. So that could be paid search. That could be um, paid social. That could be conversion rate optimization. It could be content marketing. Digital campaigns is pretty broad. And then events would be someone who's like, this could be like a field marketer, someone who runs trade shows, someone who assists sales in what, like going out in the field and stuff. So just that one bullet point is probably like four to five different specialties right there. And I think it's not like manufacturing executives fault. It's not, it's no one's like issue. I don't think they're trying to scam anyone. I think they just don't really understand what they need from marketing right now. Right. So they're kind of just like, let's just cast a wide net and put out everything that a marketer would possibly do for us and see what sticks. Right. Yeah. I think that that sums it up pretty well. And I know the, the post goes on and on and on, and we're obviously not going to sit here and, and comment on every, every piece of it, but I think you said something that's, that's very true. And, you know, I want to empathize with manufacturing leaders out there because here's the thing, like, this is what I've learned from working in the manufacturing sector as a, a marketing advisor for over a decade. Like, manufacturers are mostly sales driven organizations. You know, they totally. talk about this all the time, right? Marketing to them is, it, it usually means trade shows and print ads and like making stuff for the sales team. And, you know, moving into a more digital era of marketing, which is long overdue, they don't know what to do. Like you don't know what you don't know. And that's why you're hiring a marketer because you want to make that first step. But I think the challenge is what do we even need? I know that paid media is important in, in Google and in paid, you know, paid social channels. And I know that content marketing matters. And I know that, you know, we're still going to need, you know, event, uh, help with events and things. So you kind of lump it together and, and you go look for somebody who's, you know, a generalist, but I think the, the, the thing that you risk then is you hire a generalist who's not really that good at anything. So, you know, given all that, Mary, like what, if, if you're in a, in, in the position of say a manufacturing leader, that's leading a 10 to $50 million company, probably like a lot who are, who may be listening right now, like what skill sets and responsibilities do you think should be prioritized, especially if you're going to hire an internal marketer for the first time? Cause you can't go hire a team of five or 10 people out of the gate. You know, it's not going to work that way. It's not realistic. So what yeah, do you right. prioritize? How do you figure <laughs> out what to, what skill sets matter? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that comes down to how your business is structured. So are you a product focused company or are you a market focused company, right? So a product focused company is going to be somebody who sells, you know, widgets, welding torches, robots, something where like I say those words and you can picture it in your head, right? So, and a lot of different companies sell them. 
So what you're going to want to be focused on if you're a product focused company is differentiators, what makes your product stand out from the big names in the sphere? What do customers say about you? So marketing teams should really be focused on like capturing existing demand. So people who are already looking for those products and already know what they are. So if you're a product focused company, you're going to want an internal marketing leader. I'm going to emphasize leader here who's focused on maybe like SEO, content marketing, paid search. So they have a good background really in like content marketing, I would say with a special emphasis on like SEO and like a mixture of like paid search and Google analytics. So they know Google really well because that's what people, people are going to be searching like high intent things, right? Now, if you're a marketing focused company, these are um, people who, when they say what they do or what they sell, you kind of get that like, huh? And people kind of don't know they need you until they need you, right? So this is going to be a lot of like brand awareness, creating demand. So you're going to want somebody, again, with a pretty decent background in content marketing, but with a special emphasis on like building awareness for a category. So again, you're going to want a marketing leader with that kind of background. But really what you're looking for is when you're interviewing somebody, A, you should be looking for a leader. So you should be looking for like, a director of marketing, a VP of marketing. This means they're not going to report to sales. No, they're not going to report to a VP of sales. And they're especially not going to report to a VP of sales and marketing. That's a huge red flag for a top tier marketing talent. They're going to want to report directly to the CEO or president. Now, what they're also going to know right up front is they're going to have like a framework. So they're already going to know what they want to do within the first 90 days. So in the interview process, while you're asking this person, they're already going to have a framework for you. They're going to tell you exactly what they want to do and why they want to do it. So they're going to stand out in that way. Does that make sense so yeah, far? Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> so. Think? So, so you'd, I'm going to ask a few clarifying questions. Yeah, so yeah. you would, um, so, so you'd rather see somebody go in and hire someone who's, who has a true sort of marketing leader background, as opposed to a, a, a junior tactician that you could get, you know, a couple of years out of college who might be good in social media. Cause I see a lot of that. It's like you yeah, go hire sure. the junior person, but they don't have anybody to guide them and they don't have background, you know, constructing strategy for marketing within an organization. So naturally they wind up just doing tactical stuff and often without, you know, a whole, whole lot of overarching strategy, which isn't their fault. They're just put into a position where they're expected to figure it out. And they have, that can be a challenge. So I guess first I'm seeing you nodding. So you're clarifying yeah. you'd rather, yeah, and, and that's tough, of course, because you go in and that salary might be two or three X, the junior marketer. Um, yes. so there's that. But then the other thing I wanted you to clarify is you, you talked about, you know, the difference between a company that may be product focused selling, you know, you described as widgets. I, I think I interpreted that as, as maybe smaller ticket. What sure. about, you know, I, like a lot of the clients we've worked with over the years are companies who sell say industrial ovens or, you know, CNC machines that are highly engineered and highly custom or, you know, food packaging machinery. And you're talking about sales that are, you know, individual sales that take uh, uh, six to 12 months plus, and, you know, a, an individual sale, maybe 500,000 to a million dollars. Like what, what do you say to, to that uh, or a company in that position? How should, you know, what they're looking for be different? Yeah, I would say that would be more in the market focus category. So okay. you're 
yeah, you're kind of building awareness for a giant category. And with these super long sales cycles, you're going to want to be really honed in on the segments. So the audience segments and the markets who you're serving into. Mm -hmm. So like, like you've like you and I have found with these, um, higher ticket items, they know exactly what markets they're not trying to serve all of them. Mm -hmm. They know like the two to three markets who they serve best. So that's when you're going to want somebody who's more in that like market focused category, I would say, but you totally nailed it too, with like the hiring a junior marketer who's focused on tactics. I think it's really easy to hire somebody who's going to just check the box on activities. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and especially if they're reporting to somebody like a VP of sales or a VP of sales and marketing, they're going to come in there and they're going to have like maybe a KPI, maybe goals, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And really what the leader is just going to be impressed by then is maybe a weekly report of all the activities that they've done for the week. But really it's like, you need to go back to your, why, why are you doing this? Who is it serving? How is it pushing the overall business strategy forward? And what I would like, what I really would want to focus on with like marketing leadership. And, you know, you can, you can push back on me if you think this is an incorrect question is like, are you really sure you need marketing? Mm -hmm. Like I've seen a lot of companies who have super steady growth because they sell a product where, you know, 80 to 90% of their customers are returning customers. Right. And in that case, you're growing at maybe like a five to 7% year over year growth, right? So it's keeping up really nice and steady. You're not plateauing. You're not, you, you're not really looking to maybe increase a ton because you're not sure what that would look like, or it's just not a big product focused goal for you right now. So what you're focused on is maintaining that growth, maybe replacing your salesmen who are probably retiring. So what I would say is like, are you sure you want to focus on marketing, right? So with a company like that, it's like, maybe you don't need it right now. Maybe what you're focused on is more like customer service, customer success, um, making your product better, something like that. So if you're not ready to make the investments you and I are talking about right now in marketing, maybe you don't really need it. That's a good point. Well, let's shift gears here for a minute, Mary, um, and talk about all-encompassing marketing budgets. This is obviously something that every company runs into if they're going to make any investment in marketing is, okay, what's what's our budget for the year? How are we going to allocate it among trade shows and ad spend and maybe an agency and internal hires that we may be considering? And you know, again, our audience tends to be manufacturers doing 10, 15 million a year up to maybe, you know, a few hundred million a year, which is fairly broad, but it's also kind of that mid market. And, you know, I see things like I see companies with a hundred K for their total marketing budget, including all of that. Then you see others with 300 to a million, um, you know, annually. And so like, what do you do differently? If you've, if you've, you know, if all you've got is a hundred K to spend and you're kind of a smaller manufacturer and that that's, you're limited by that constraint on the marketing front versus say three or 500 K. Yeah. So, um, hot take coming at you. Um, <laughs> we're ready for it. I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. If your marketing budget is less than 500 K and I'm going to even go up to a million, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't be doing trade shows. You have so mm-hmm. many more opportunities where you could be like, just nix the trade show we've seen way too many, um, times where the economics just don't work out. Mm -hmm. And unless you're somebody like a fanic or somebody who has these amazing product demos that they put out and they, again, probably have multi-million dollar marketing budget. So, so yeah, if you're doing that, like just nix the trade shows altogether. 
Now there's like a huge leap, right? In that hundred K versus like 300 K or even like 200 plus. If you're not ready to hire a marketing leader and you shouldn't be, if you're not willing to pay them at least 120 K, probably preferably 150 based on what their experience is and what they could do for your company, then you should probably just do like, like a full service marketing agency, like, you know, shout out girl of 76, <laughs> um, but somebody who's going to be able to go in there and do something, do these nice, small incremental stages. That's going to set you up for a great foundation. So maybe they can get you the revenue that you need to make that marketing higher. And then they can help you out with maybe the execution of something like a demand generation strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what you think. What do you like? You talk with these guys a lot. Like sure. what have you seen work really well in those instances? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it varies a lot from one company to the next. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think your comment on not attending trade shows is going to, will ruffle some feathers of listeners right now, which I like. Um, I, I think, I, I think it's important to think about like, should we just keep doing the same stuff we've always been doing because we've always been doing it and, and have a good reason for it. Cause I, I see a lot of manufacturers just, they go to these trade shows every year, this, this list of three, or, you know, these ones that come up every couple of years, like IMTS or, or whatever. And, and they ship equipment across the country and they send 10 people and they they're paying for booth space and you've got travel. And, and, you know, the argument we'll often make is if, you know, if, if we, what you do need to do is reach the people that are there, there are a lot more effective ways to be able to do that. And, and to be able to do it day after day, week after week, month after month by, uh, we are not going to get into a whole, you know, demand generation episode here right now and, and explain our philosophy. That's for another day, but it's, it's a lot of eggs to put in one basket. You know, I, I've talked yeah. to companies that are, are, they're literally spending, you know, three, 400,000 just on one single major trade show. And, um, you know, what do they come back with? with? Maybe some business cards, maybe a few leads, but, and yet these same companies are hesitant to spend a third of that doing, you know, in a digital marketing engagement where they could probably 10 X the results of, of what they accomplished on that, in that three day trade show. So, I, I mean, I agree with you there. There is, there is just, um, it's just companies do these by default. And what about you need to display at the show? Could you have a smaller booth space? Could you send, you know, a few people to walk the halls as opposed to, you know, just sort of committing year after year to, to these major booth investments. So, you know, if, even if you're going to cut it, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Sometimes it may be a, how do we approach that trade show a little bit differently, but you know, yeah, once you're down under a, into a certain range in terms of your marketing budget, there's just a, a, a lot of better ways to, to spend that. So I don't know, that's, that's kind of my response to that part of what you said. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's just another red flag for a top tier, high caliber marketer. Like mm-hmm. if that's the, if that's the talent you're really going after and you're like, yes, I want to put the budget into that. And during the interview process or during their first 90 days, you're telling them about how much budget they have to go conduct the trade shows they've always done. It's going to take the wind right out of their sails Mm -hmm. only because they know there's just so much higher ROI strategies out there. Mm -hmm. They've done it. They've experienced it. They can give you the economics of it. I mean, seriously, if you're interviewing someone right now, they should be able to tell you exactly why the trade show is not worth your time based on your budget. Yep. Yep. For sure. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, 
generalization we're making here right now. It's a, sure. the, usually the situation. There will be exceptions, of course, but I think that that's the job of that marketer, right? Is to help you yes. make decisions, not only about what to do, but what not to do. Like that is one of the most important things I think a marketing leader can do is say, you should not be doing this thing. And here's why. And to build a case for that, because those resources can be allocated somewhere else even if it's not in marketing, but like there's probably other things on the marketing front that could be a lot more effective. So, yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it's like what we've seen in so many marketing and, and industrial companies is there's so much low hanging fruit, like mm-hmm. a great, if you're hiring a great marketing leader, they're going to see that so fast and be able to capitalize on it so quickly. So, I mean, I guess what we're kind of agreeing on is like, you just need to hire that that high caliber person and let them do their thing, you know, trust them to take it over, implement the strategy and see it through to execution. Right. Yep. For sure. Yeah. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Hiring and retaining frontline supply chain workers continues to be a major struggle in today's market. Workstep is a leading software provider that has partnered with manufacturing companies to help them better understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to improve it. Workstep has successfully helped many manufacturing companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn how you could do the same and protect your bottom line. Well, Mary, there have been plenty of scenarios over the years where you know I've talked to manufacturers, uh, had a first conversation with them, or maybe even gone a, f- a few deeper, or done a roadmap for them, and and kind of drawn the conclusion that they're just going to be better off with an internal marketer than they would with an agency like us. On the flip side, in plenty of scenarios, one internal marketer is just not going to be able to accomplish all the things that, say, an agency could do. I think that's that's sort of a piece that stuck out from that job listing, right? Like if you really need all of those skill sets and those things done, I have never, I've been running this agency for 15 years. I've never (laughs) once seen a person who I've seen people who can do all those things, but to be able to do them effectively in, and and to be able to do it in less than 150 hours a week, um, (laughs) effectively, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So, um, so I think you know you you are unique in the sense that you know you are an agency strategist right now at, at our agency mm-hmm. Gorilla Seventy Six. Prior to this, you were an internal marketing specialist at a B two B industrial company. You've seen it from both angles. I'm curious to hear your take on when it makes more sense to hire an internal marketer versus um, to go get an agency that comes with a variety of skill sets. Yeah, yeah. If you are the non marketing leader making this decision. I would say you are going to need an agency if you have a smaller marketing budget. So like I said, your first marketing hire is going to be want, want to be minimum 120K, probably closer to 150K. They're going to you know have this excellent background. They're going to know exactly what they want to do. So if you still want to make a splash, but you just don't have the money to do that, I think that's when you need an agency. Now, on the flip side of that, if you have a larger marketing budget, and your problem is you're trying to do a lot of things because you're um, maybe a product focused company and you're just competition is high. You're trying to execute a lot of different marketing strategies. Then maybe you just need an agency to execute. You know, we've been throwing out the term demand generation a lot, but what it might be is really just like paid media. They're helping you with creative. They're helping you really execute on the strategy that you're saying. 
but I know you talk to them a lot more frequently. So I'm actually really curious to get your take on this and what you, what you found. And like, when you've told people, Hey, go get the internal marketer, because we're just not going to be able to help you here. Yeah. Yeah. My, my perspective is probably a little different, but I've also only been on the agency side of things. I've also probably touched a lot more companies than, than you just because yeah. of, of where I am in my career. And, and the fact that we you know being at an agency, my whole career, I've just been, we've worked with a lot of companies, but I think what, I think my take on it is when you're working with an agency, you are essentially accessing people with a variety of skill sets. And so when you think of, of one internal marketer, and all those things you might need them to do, or even two or three internal marketers. And then you think about what an agency can do. You know, the agency is going to come with skill sets that include, you know, overarching marketing strategy, content strategy, the ability to create content, you know, might have writers in house. They might have a videographer in house. They've probably got a web developer or team of developers. They've got design capabilities, SEO, pay-per-click paid social, like you're never going to get all this stuff in one or two people. And so, you know, sometimes in a lot of cases, I think an agency can fill all the needs, um, regardless of, of, you know, and, and, we, we do that. And this is not a pitch for gorilla, but you know, I think a lot of the best scenarios too, are when you have, when you put together the combination of the two, when you can have somebody in house who can be your main point of contact, but you have an, an agency who can, you, know, you kind of said that to help execute. And we, we've worked with companies that don't have a single internal, internal marketer. And we kind of take on yeah. this, the strat, the quarterback strategy role and also execute. And then we've also got scenarios where there are four or five internal marketers and we play a little bit more of a consulting role. We help them like, skill their team up in certain areas. We'll help them figure out, you know, what things to do and not do and maybe fill gaps in in their skill sets. So so yeah, I think it's it's always worth looking at. Like does it does it make more sense to to handle this internally? I think the complexity of of your uh, market and and your product uh, and sales process also plays into that too. So there's kind of a lot of factors. It's hard to say. Well, you do this in this scenario and this in this one, but um, yeah, exactly. it's, it's something you want to evaluate and have somebody help you evaluate before you you just say, well, maybe we should hire somebody and who should we hire? I don't know this, you know, person right out of college who seems like they're good on social media or, you know, <laughs> go make that strategic hire. who has got 10 years of marketing experience in, in B2B sector selling complex products. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. So I don't know if that helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's an interesting point. I think it goes back to that, um, point I was discussing where, are you sure you really need marketing? Like if you need someone who's just going to set up your trade show booth week, like month over month, who just needs to, you know, proofread the brochures, um, make sure the website is just running. Yeah. Hire the marketer, the marketing specialist for 60 to 90 K be a little more upfront in the job description. Make sure you really know what you're looking for. And I mean, another hot take coming at you, be prepared to lose them in two to four years to a technology company, because Mm -hmm. That's where all the marketing specialists are going. If they're not going to tech, then they're going to an agency or something like that because they're just not finding the growth and creative career opportunities that they can find in in different areas. Mary, something we talk about often at Gorilla is how, I kind of said this earlier, but manufacturers are traditionally sales-driven organizations. And you and I know both very well that marketing and sales are very different functions. 
I don't, th- I don't yeah. think a lot of manufacturers view it that way, probably because they lack an understanding of, of the role of marketing. So what winds up happening is they, they make a marketing hire and that person reports to sales and sure. then they just wind up being the person who makes brochures and materials for sales. And again, helps with the trade show and stuff. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this and that sort of, should marketing be reporting to sales? I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I, I know what your answer to this question is going to be, but I want you to, <laughs> to go in depth on, on why. Yeah. And I don't want this to be like a, a bashing sales podcast (laughs) because I worked at a company where I was lucky enough to interface with sales quite a bit and sales guys and girls are awesome. Like they are boots on the ground. They know their customers inside and out. They are negotiating deals, um, juggling orders. They're like both getting new sales and handling existing accounts. I mean, Sales guys are like your boots on the ground, right? They know your product inside and out and they know their customers inside and out, right? So what you need when you're looking the differences between sales and marketing, you should really want a marketer who's going to interface with sales and get that point of view of who your existing customers are now. But the function of marketing is actually very different. So the function of marketing should be going out and creating that awareness, communicating with your potential customers We talk a lot about like your TAM, so your total addressable market. And that's what marketing, that's who marketing should really be communicating with. And we're getting all these stats thrown at us all the time. I think the average is probably somewhere between five and 10% of your total addressable market is actually needing your product right now. So that's who you want to talk to sales. That five to 10% sales, if you have a good sales team and most manufacturers, manufacturing companies do because they have these great experts at these very niche products and niche um, markets. So your sales team is great. They're going to want to address that five to 10% of people who's um, in the market for your product right now. Now you want marketing to communicate with the rest of that 95 to 90%, right? So you want them putting out um, what your product does the pain points it solves, communicating with your customers, maybe over a podcast or a webinar, just doing those things so that they're communicating with those people who are not in market now, but making sure that when they are in the market and ready to talk to your sales team, your company is the first one that they're going to talk to. Cause they're like, Oh, I know exactly what they do. Let's go talk to sales. And that's like the best thing about marketing too, is if you're doing marketing right and you're doing it well, it's making sales jobs so much easier And I've seen that in a lot of companies where it's like, God, like, it's so nice to have a new lead come in and just say, Hey, I've seen you on XYZ channel, or I know exactly what you do. I just need you to help me with my very specific application. Right. Mm -hmm. So marketing is going to go attract those guys and then sales is going to convert them to customers. Yeah. I I agree with what you're saying and to build on it. And I think when manufacturers aren't sure what to do with marketing. They know they need marketing, but they're not sure what to do with it. They wind up just sort of having marketing do another version of the same thing sales is doing. And it's just, I mean, I've seen it enough where it's the expectation is marketing is going to be hammering everybody in the market with, with bottom of funnel sales driven messaging, like, buy, like here's what yes. we sell. Here's how amazing we are. Here's how great our people are buy from us now. And yeah. you're talking to, I mean, you said it like 90 to 95% of your audience, the right people from the companies are not buying right now. So like put yourself in their shoes. You want to hear sales messaging about something you don't need now, but you probably will in a year or two years, or maybe even in a few weeks. Like yeah. when, when, 
all you're doing is, is putting messaging in front of people that they don't want to hear. They're going to turn it off and you're probably going to annoy them. And, and that's right. the opposite of what you want to be doing. You want to be building trust and awareness in front of the right people. You want to be speaking to things that matter to them in their jobs and helping them solve problems and helping them evaluate different solutions to problems that they're likely to have. And then when they're ready, like you said, then you're already the trusted advisor and they're going to know you already and they're going to come to you first. So it's just Absolutely. a completely different mindset than most manufacturing organizations have. They try to make marketing do sales. That's why yeah, you have absolutely. sales. You have sales to do sales. You have marketing to do marketing. So it's a matter of helping them understand what role marketing really needs to play. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I mean, um, the brands that pop into my head who do this really well, are um, like athletic companies. So your Nike, your Adidas, your Under Armour, when you see them in, um, when they're speaking to those 90 to 95% of the people who are not in market right now for athletic wear, what are you seeing? You're seeing real people doing everyday activities, maybe running around the block, maybe doing some boot camp classes, maybe even just walking around in their athletic leisure wear. So it's like, it's putting you like, oh, that's so nice. Or like, you know, what I think Nike does really well is, um, makes you feel like you could be an athlete, right? Like, Hey, if I'm wearing Nike, I, I can be an athlete. I can just do it too. Right. So as soon as I need athletic leisure wear, I'm going to type in one of those company names because I've a seen how good they look on everyday people and B it made me feel good. Right. It made me feel like I could be that person. And that's really what you want to do when you're speaking to like the 90 to 95% of people who aren't in market, you're putting them, you're giving them a good feeling of when they have this problem or when they need this solution, you're the first people that come to their mind. So tell them a good story. Don't try and sell them. Like if Nike's commercials were a giant QR code that said, Hey, buy some Nike product right now. It's no one's going to do it ever. It's going to go over everybody's head. Yeah. So or look at to, the, look at the 10 new models we have yeah. out and scroll through them. Like, what, would you ever see that? Of course you would Right? That's not, exactly. that's not what they're trying to do. And, and if they did, th nobody would be paying attention because nobody cares. Right? Yes, exactly. And a great marketer is going to know that a great marketer is going to be able to do that combination of like knowing your customers really well and telling a story to that 90 to 95%. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Mary, is there anything you want to add to this conversation? I didn't ask you about. Hmm, let's see again, <laughs> please. If you're hiring marketing talent, um, if you are in the market or, you know what, we're talking a lot about people who might not have a marketing team right now. So if you do have a marketing team and you're kind of like, I want to sh shake things up here, like your internal marketers, I was an internal marketer and I was on a team of other internal marketers they want to step up. Internal marketers want to be held to a higher standard. So if you guys, if your leadership, if my CEO, like we had a pretty decently sized organization, if my CEO or, you know, marketing did report to a VP of sales and marketing at the time, if either of those two leaders had come to me and said, Mary, look, I really want to shake things up. I feel like we could do something different. Your internal marketing team, I almost guarantee you, if they are doing the right things and they're talking to sales and they've been doing this job for at least maybe one to two years, they're going to have ideas and they just are looking for the opportunity to execute on them. That's what I would say. 
you're speaking from the heart from your own experience. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a great point. Awesome, Mary. Well, um, really good conversation. I appreciate you doing this. And um, yeah. yeah, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, please find me on LinkedIn. Um, if you have any responses to my hot takes, I would love to get a DM from you. Um, would love to talk to you. If you're an internal marketer and you know you just want to get some advice or whatever, please reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn or... Oh, that's probably the best place to get in touch with me. Yeah, let's do LinkedIn. Fair enough. Yeah, Mary, cool. your um, your content's been great. I've, I've, it's been fun watching you kind of, um, you know, start to to get your insights out there more often. And there's a lot of engagement, which tells tells me people are listening. So yeah, go follow Mary on LinkedIn for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. This was so fun. Yeah, I agree. We'll do it again uh, before too long. So um, cool. awesome. Well, thanks again, Mary. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Workstep. Workstep's software helps companies hire and retain their frontline workforce across the supply chain. Visit workstep.com to learn more. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.